You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's poppin'? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. As you guys heard in the intro, the Los Angeles Rams did improve to 6-1 and one on the season. They beat the Detroit Lions by a score of 28-19, to 19, but this was a disgusting win. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. If you watch this game, you know it was sloppy from all three sides of the ball from the Rams. They still did win the game, so you can't really complain, I guess, too much. At the end of the day, the objective is to always just get out of there with a victory, and they are 6-1 and one right now, staring down the barrel of the Houston Texans for the next game, and we know the Texans are one of the worst teams in football, so got a great shot to improve to 7-1, and one, but they just do not feel like they're at the level that they should be. Maybe not right now. They're still working through kinks. We talk about it all the time on this podcast, but in general, this team is way too talented to only be beating you know, the Lions by basically two scores, but very small, only nine points. And it was really down to the wire. I mean, up until those last five minutes where Jared Goff throws the, I guess you could call it game ceiling interception for the most part, that's where the game was done. The Lions legitimately had a chance to still win that game, not just tie, but win. So we'll dive into all three phases. We'll start with the offense. Like we always do Matthew Stafford. He's one of the players that did set. I'm not going to say a record necessarily, but He now broke 300 passing touchdowns in his NFL career. I think it was on the second touchdown, the first one to Cooper Cup. I might be wrong, but I'm quite certain it was on that play. And he's also, I believe, the ninth fastest quarterback to get there, which is crazy to say. Obviously, been a guy that's been in the NFL for a long time now, I think 12 or 13 years, been very productive. So it's very cool to see him get to set that, not only with the Rams, but also against his former team in the Detroit Lions. Kind of makes it fun. But in this game, I thought he was solid, 334 yards passing, 8.1 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no interceptions, along of 59, only sacked one time, definitely had better performances in the past, especially even this season for the Rams, but at the same time, it wasn't bad. He didn't really have any terrible passes. There wasn't any throws that were really in harm's way. There was a few plays, maybe like the fourth down to Tyler Higby, where you want him to sort of raise that ball up a little bit, give him a chance to convert that fourth down, certain plays here or there that he might want back. But for the most part, he was pretty accurate with this football. I thought he was very safe with the ball. There wasn't really any bad throws or any should-be interception type of throws. Ultimately, a solid performance. There's always things you're going to want back. But in general, thought he played a good game here. You look at the statistics, of course, when you look at the box score, it's going to say that he played a great game, right? Three touchdowns, no interceptions, over 300 yards passing. Anytime you can do that, you're probably looking at a pretty good contest, which is exactly what I think we had here. Now, the running game been great for the Rams this season, but this game was terrible. They could not get anything going on the ground. Daryl Henderson led the way, 15 carries for only 45 yards rushing, three yards per carry. And outside of him, there was only four more rushing yards from Sony Michelle on two carries. So not productive whatsoever. You got to give a huge shout out to the Detroit Lions defensive line. They did a great job at resetting the line of scrimmage. The offensive line just could not create any holes And the running backs had nowhere to go, which made it really hard to be productive on the ground. And as you can tell, the box score stats would suggest that they were not productive on the ground. They definitely were not good in this game running the football. And it only made it a little bit harder to throw it because the Lions just knew that there was really no threat of running it in this game. So kudos to them on the defensive side of the ball for really making this a one-dimensional style of game 
for the Rams offense. Not their best performance. Didn't even put up a 30-burger. I think we all pretty much expected that. 28 points, still good. But just in general, they're always getting off to these slow starts. 17 points in the first half. I think it was basically nothing in the first quarter. I think only three points. Now, you know, some of that is up to the defense in terms of trying to get stops and the special teams, which we'll talk about near the end of this episode, which were not good. But in general, they just need to get started faster, I think. But this has really become a theme over the last four, five, six weeks even. If you just take out maybe the Tampa Bay game, it's been a lot of reoccurring themes here. So not great, but in general, once again, nearly putting up 30 points, getting a victory. So maybe you can't complain too much. Maybe the expectation level is just a little bit too high for some of us. I'm not certain, but this team feels like they should be a Super Bowl contender. They are, and they have to play to that standard at some point. So we'll see if they eventually get there. One of the players that is setting that standard, that's doing more than his part, Wide receiver Cooper Cup. This is one of the players that is setting records right now. 13 targets in this game. Of course, that led the way for the Rams. 10 receptions, 156 receiving yards, two more touchdowns to add to the board. Some other guys really stepped up as well. Robert Woods pulling in all six of his targets for 70 yards. Van Jefferson, four receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Higby, five for 46. A lot of guys chipped in here, but we're going to take it back to Cooper Cup. This guy is playing absolutely out of his mind. He's the first player in NFL history to have over 800 receiving yards and nine or more touchdowns in the first seven games of a season. If that doesn't tell you how good he's playing right now, this dude is going out of his mind. He's closing in on a thousand yards receiving. We're not even halfway through this season. I mean, it's absurd how good he's been this season. He might have a case for... MVP or Offensive Player of the Year or some of these legitimate individual awards. Like, he's been that dominant. He's clearly unstoppable. Every team he's going up against, he's putting up 150, a buck 20, a buck 80, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I don't know how you guard him. I really don't. I just don't think there's a way to guard him right now. (laughs) This guy is getting schemed plays by the Rams and head coach Sean McVay, which they should do because he's their best player on offense. And not just that, but he's routing dudes up. He's making tough catches. He's a weapon in the red zone inside that 5, 10, 15-yard line. There's nothing that this guy cannot do. He's good after the catch. He is going to go down in this season as one of the greatest single seasons in the history of this franchise. I think he's obviously well off to his way. There's no doubt about it. But in general, I mean, we're looking at a stat line that is absolutely absurd right now. I even joked on Twitter. I said, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. And I posted a picture of Matthew Stafford back in the day with the Detroit Lions and Calvin Johnson. And I quoted it saying, this is Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. They are playing that good. Of course, they're winning in a different way. Calvin Johnson was that let me go get it in the air type of guy, contested catches, highlight reel type of guy. Cooper Cup's not like that. He's just going to route you up and get open and create separation. But in terms of the numbers, they are absolutely balling. There's no limit to what these guys are doing right now. It is incredible. I think there's legitimate potential here. And I talked about it, I think it was maybe last week on this podcast, that they will set records for this franchise in terms of what Cooper Cup can do this season. Receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns, things like that. I was asked about it on a mailbag episode. I said he might do receptions, but there wasn't a great chance he would do a lot of them or most of them. I'm walking back on that answer right now. There is a legitimate chance. If he can stay healthy, he's got 17 games to do it. I think this guy can have a legitimate shot to set franchise records for the Rams this season. In just a second here, we're going to dive into how the offensive line played. Of course, the defense and the special teams as well. 
not so good from those guys. You guys can always follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP at Locked on Rams and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. We're closing in on 700 subs. Let's get us there by the end of this week. I think we could do it actually, not the end of this month. I guess that would technically count as the end of this month. So let's say before November kicks off, let's get it to 700. If you guys missed this game, which I hope you didn't, there's really no excuse to be missing these football games anymore. If you guys need some help in terms of where you can watch it, go check out Direct TV Stream. They're a simple way to get all your favorite entertainment together without the hassle. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more having 10, 15 different devices. And the best part about this entire deal here, there is no annual contract so you don't have to sign up for an extended period of time so you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more about that at directtv.com that's directtv.com and as always thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the locked on rams pod we can now dive into this offensive line and their performance and we talked about matthew stafford only being sacked one time in this game so in terms of their pass pro felt like they did a good job maybe not their best performance there was a few hits there you even seen it i think it was maybe in the second or third quarter where matthew stafford the oblique hip area there maybe where your kidney is i'm not even sure i'm not a doctor but he got hit in that area right under where the flak jacket would sit for a quarterback right under that rib cage and he was kind of grimacing and holding it there so there was a few hits you know there was a little bit of pressure here and there sometimes you have to kind of move out of the pocket step up in the pocket but in general, thought the O-line did great. In terms of, you know, a number grade from 0 to 10, I would say 8, 8.5. Like, they were solid, continued their streak of playing well. They gave up one sack. That's seven sacks allowed on the season. It's not exactly a lot, especially for being seven games into a season. That's one sack a game. That's pretty damn good. I think they're playing well. The running game, not so much. This game, they really struggled. And I don't really think it's a concern for moving forward. Obviously, we know this running game has been very productive and fruitful throughout the last handful of weeks, especially even going back throughout the last few weeks. Now, you know, this game, not really the same success. Sometimes teams will sell out to stop the run. And I think the Lions just did a really good job at stopping the run. Unfortunately for the Rams, Daryl Henderson, guys like that didn't have their best day. But at the end of the day, still win the game. You still get out of here with the victory. So can't really complain. Now we can flip the page onto the defensive side of the ball. And there was a lot of people in my Twitter mention saying, when are we firing Raheem Morris? Where is Raheem Morris getting dropped off and not getting picked up again on the team bus? (laughs) Who are we replacing Raheem Morris with? I mean, you guys want this man's head. And I get it. It was frustrating. The Detroit Lions should not be scoring 20 points on anybody. And when you look at the box score, maybe you don't feel so bad about it, right? They didn't even score 20 points and this and that, but... When you're in the game and you're watching it live, you're frustrated because they're converting third and longs consistently. You're looking at third and 11. How do you convert a draw play on third and 11? That is unacceptable. Or certain plays where it's second and 17 and, you know, you dump it off to someone like DeAndre Swift. The Rams, Nick Scott, go up to go make a tackle, breaks a tackle, terrible form, doesn't even use his arms, gets himself injured on the play. DeAndre Swift gains 15, 16 yards, and now they're in third and short situation when it was just second and extremely long. There's so many instances where they go throughout these kind of processes in the game, second and long, third and long, third and 14, penalties on third down, things that are just super infuriating. And I think that's why people are so upset right now and just more so frustrated because we know the talent that they have on this side of the ball, and we know that the talent the Lions have on offense and it's not a lot they suck this team is not good 
the Rams should have blew them out. Nine points is not good enough. We know that. And this is not just a reg on the defense because the offense needs to be better. The defense needs to be better. Raheem Morris needs to be better. His guys need to be better. And the special teams were terrible in this game. We'll dive into that in just a bit. But you look at Jared Goff in this game, 268 yards passing, 7.4 yards per attempt, one touchdown, two interceptions. The very first drive of the game, they threw a 62-yard touchdown on a screen to DeAndre Swift. That is not acceptable. They caught Raheem Morris getting uber-aggressive in the pass rush, in the blitz, I think they blitzed maybe seven or eight guys on that play and threw right into the blitz, which is just the perfect play call. 70-yard touchdown, first drive. That is unacceptable. No way you can have that, not against a team like this. I get it. You know, it was a bad play call or a great play call by the Lions at the right time, but that cannot happen. Not against this kind of a team. Not for me. I mean, you want to be a Super Bowl contender. You cannot be giving up easy plays like that. They need to get better at tackling. They need to be more sound. And they need to just be better in general, all across the board, especially in third and long in situations like that. Some of the standout performers, I mean, Aaron Donald nearly gets one or two sacks in this game. Of course, he was also the reason they got an interception in this game because he's the one who applied the pressure on Jared Goff when he was forced to throw that ball early, right into Jalen Ramsey's hands. Tremendous interception, by the way. Happy 27th birthday to Jalen Ramsey. Can't ask for a better birthday gift than that. Pretty much a game-sealing interception. Tremendous play by him. Such a good player, obviously. We know that. Super aggressive in this game, too. His tackling was great. Some of the other guys that stood out, Kenny Young, I thought he was productive in this game. Very active. One sack on the contest. Seven tackles. Dude is good. I mean, he is the best linebacker on this team. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why Troy Reader continues to get so many snaps out there, even in place of Kenny Young sometimes, because he's not good. I mean, he is just a liability right now. He was in this game, at least. And I don't mean to rag on him too much because he hasn't been bad this season, but this game was something he's going to want to forget very quickly. Just not a good performance by Troy Reader. Some of the other guys, Sebastian Joseph Day, also got a sack in this game. Nick Scott, actually a game-sealing interception. At the end, though, it really didn't matter. Again, kind of going back to the personnel thing here, I don't know why Nick Scott's getting more playing time than Terrell Burgess. I just don't think he's more impactful. Thought he proved it today by making a handful of bad plays. I mean, we talked about the broken tackle. We talk about certain other plays like that. Yeah, the interception was great, but there was 30 seconds left in that game. That game was over, and DeAndre Swift had a wide-open catch, and somehow he just couldn't bring it in, had to go kind of get his hands up, was way over his head, and it just basically fell into Nick Scott's lap. Don't love that. I mean, they got to clean that up, I think. Don't think that was much of an impact play. Box score might suggest that it was, but in general, really didn't have much of an impact in this game. And really, none of the other defenders I thought were all that crazy good. I mean, Leonard Floyd had a couple of reps here or there where he was pretty impactful against the pass rush. Can't be mad at that. I think Robert Rochelle sustained an injury in this game. Not really sure if he actually went back into the lineup or not, but there was a lot of Dante Dion out there and David Long and, of course, Jalen Ramsey. So I'm going to assume that Rochelle did not go back out there. He started this game pretty good. He had a pass deflection. I think it was on second and eight or something like that. On an outbreaking route, it was kind of like a quick pivot or quick speed out, and he had a nice pass deflection on it. Could have maybe housed it if he was one step quicker, but great, great play by him. Unfortunate to see. I think it might have been a knee injury or something like that. Nothing too severe, fingers crossed. I think it might have just you know been something that kind of caught him in the moment, and then they maybe just couldn't really have him back out there. So, you know, David Long, not the best game, not the worst game. Dante Dion thought he was pretty good in this one, not that crazy good either. Felt like Jared Goff was really mostly attacking the middle of the field in this game. 
And he was right to do so. I mean, he knows that the linebackers are not the best part of this team. And he was happy to continue throwing at guys in the middle of the field, whether that was Kenny Young, Troy Reader, or nobody. There might have been a zone coverage with guys sitting their routes down in between zones or things like that, where guys are sort of just moved out of their zones because of Jared Goff's eye work. And he was good in this game. I mean, Jared Goff was not bad. He wasn't great. I mean, he was boring old Jared Goff where he's going to throw the ball for three yards and pray to God that someone's going to gain 10 or 15 with yards after the catch. And they did that pretty good in this game. So not a bad performance, I don't think, but it wasn't good either. It was really boring, classic Jared Goff, dink and dunk, captain checkdown style of offense. So in general, just need way more out of this defense. There's no way you can have these guys marching up and down the field on you. DeAndre Swift, 96 yards receiving. Khalif Raymond, 115 yards receiving against the Rams. TJ Hawkinson, 48 yards receiving. DeAndre Swift, nearly 50 yards on the ground. Jamal Williams, 57 yards on the ground. Just not a good performance. I mean, at the end of the day, they did enough to win the game. And ultimately, that's really all you can ask. But in general, when you're playing better teams, if they bring this kind of a performance forward, I don't think it's going to be too good of a performance. So we'll see how that goes. In a few episodes, we're obviously going to break down the Rams and the Texans. In just a second here, we'll flip the page onto the final aspect of this game. The special teams, they might have been the worst unit out of all. So make sure to stick around for that. We're going to kind of roast those guys a little bit. They did not do good in this contest. For those that do drive while they listen to this podcast, go check out a free app on the App Store called Get Upside. You can get up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas that you fill up with. So I know a lot of you guys do like to listen on your commutes to and from work, picking your kids up, whatever the case is, you're literally getting free cash. There is literally no downside here. It's free cash. Everyone likes free cash. The code is touchdown. Again, you can get 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas. And for your first tank of gas, you can actually get up to 50 cents cash back. It's available on the Google Play or App Store doesn't matter what kind of device you have. If you drive a car, you should probably want to get in on this. It's entirely free. As I mentioned, the app is called Get Upside, and the code is touchdown for up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank of gas. And you guys have heard me talk about the Built Bar many times on this podcast. They are the best protein bar on the market. If you're into protein bars or you're just looking for a healthy alternative from snack bars or candy bars, whatever the case is, Check out the Built Bar. They've got a bunch of different flavors. The bars are healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on the keto diet. You basically feel like you're eating a candy bar, yet it's actually relatively healthy for you. You got some protein in there and not just absurd amounts of sugar and garbage. So can't feel too bad about that. If you guys want to check them out, you absolutely should. You can even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do, just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams pod. For your second daily listen, go check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. These guys will break down every major news story every single day in the NFL in under 30 minutes, entirely free wherever you get your podcast. Now we can dive in to this final segment, some of the coaching staff, some of the special teams, and we'll begin right there with the special teams. They were horrible in this game. I mean, they were terrible. This was one of the worst performances I've seen from the Rams special teams. I don't even remember in how long, maybe since before Coach Bones was with the team, and I think he was with the team from like 2012 to 2020. This was so bad. I mean, 
Dan Campbell pulled out every single stop to try and win this game, and I respect him for it. I mean, he was going balls to the wall to try and win. In the first quarter, I think it was, or the first half, they had a 60-plus yard touchdown on a screen. They had ran a fake punt that was converted. It was like an eight-yard throw by their punter, which was a dime. I mean, just a great throw, but a fake punt on like fourth and seven or eight, gutsy as hell. And they ran a surprise onside kick in the first quarter and (laughs) recovered it. I mean, talk about being a nutbag. Dan Campbell has no chill whatsoever, and I love that because he's going to win football games in some sort of fashion. He doesn't care how he does it. It reminds me of Jeff Fisher's Rams where they just weren't super talented, so they couldn't beat everybody, but they were so good on special teams and on defense, and they were going to fight and claw to the death in every game. So they were always able to win six or seven, maybe even eight games in a season and beat good teams like the Seattle Seahawks just by doing things like that. So Campbell nearly pulled it off. And what's funny is he had another fake punt. I think it was a second or third quarter in this game on another fourth and five, except this time they didn't throw the ball. They direct snapped it to the personal protector on the punt team. I think it was Jamal Agnew. And the dude skates upfield for like a 27-yard gain. So frustrating for the Rams. They had two fake conversions on fourth down. They had an onside kick that was recovered, completely faked. And not only that, but you talk about the kick return game for the Rams. Ben Skoranek was horrendous. I mean, he was terrible in this game. I am entirely over that experiment already. It's been one game. As we know, the Rams did not have Skoranek back there returning kicks before. That was Jake Funk's job. And now he's on IR. This is the first game they played without Funk. So now they put Skoranek back there, a fellow seventh-round rookie. He had four returns for 70 yards in this game, an average of 17.5 with a long of 19. Returned four kicks. Not once did he get even close to the 25-yard line. There was only one occasion where he got there, and a penalty brought it back all the way to the 10-yard line. And I don't know why he continued to bring the ball out. You're not getting there. Just take the 25 yards. Stop trying so hard to make a play. This guy literally moves like a slow tight end. Someone said that to me on Twitter, and it could not have been more accurate. I mean, he's not fast. We know he's not fast. He's not good with the ball in his hands. He's slow. He should not be returning kicks. And if he's going to be back there, don't take the ball out of the end zone. It was disgusting to watch him continuously pull that one out because he was bad. He was just bad. And then not just that, there was another tidbit here that I wanted to share on punt returns, Tutu Atwell was not back there. It was actually Deshaun Jackson. And I think it might have only been one punt that the Lions had in this game. And Deshaun Jackson was back there, which is really cool to say. I don't know if that's going to last. I don't know how long they're going to do that. Maybe it was just a one-off kind of thing in this game. But just wanted to note that that Deshaun Jackson was back there. It was not Tutu Atwell. I don't know why Atwell's not back there on punt returns, why he's not out there on kick returns. You spent a second-round pick on this guy. He should at least be impacting you on special teams. He has that kind of speed. The rest of your special teams roster in terms of kick punt returns have brought nothing to the table. Why is he not out there? You spent a second round pick on a guy that is sitting on the bench doing absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, you have Troy Reader out there who's playing terrible football in this game. You have guys like Ben Skoranek not doing anything on special teams. Deshaun Jackson, not going to knock him. I mean, he didn't even get a chance, but... This guy's 34 years old. You probably don't want him back there taking five, six, seven, eight shots a game if he's returning two or three punts for nothing, right? So I think they got to be way more crisp in terms of their personnel here. It always goes back to the defense. Still don't think they know their own personnel there. Special teams now, some question marks. You lose Jake Funk, and all of a sudden now it's like, well, who are they going to put back there on kick returns, punt returns? 
I don't know. We'll see if anything changes moving forward. But right now, it did not look good. I don't think this special teams unit is good at all. Now, one thing there is to note here that is kind of interesting. Jared Goff, without Sean McVay as head coach, is now 0-14. That is terrible. Of course, we know that he lost six or seven of those with Jeff Fisher. Now another seven or however many with the Lions. Not good. It just kind of goes to show you how important Sean McVay is when it comes to this offense and maybe how overrated Jared Goff was with this team. Don't really need to rehash that, but it is an interesting note. The other thing that I wanted to note here that is very interesting, Sean McVay is now 42-0 and in consecutive games when leading at halftime. He's officially tied the record with Bill Belichick, who was also 42-0. and Next week, the Houston Texans, the Rams, if they take care of business like they should, they should go into that game at halftime leading. They're playing the Texans, and they should certainly come out of that game with a victory as well. So Sean McVay has a chance to set a record next week. That's going to be cool to see if he can do it. I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity. Maybe the Rams slip up somehow and the Texans are leading at halftime and he won't even get the chance, but there is no better time to do it than right now. You have an opponent next up on the schedule that you should absolutely beat up. The Arizona Cardinals just demolished them by like 25 points, scored five points against the Cardinals. Five. I mean, that is terrible. Now, Tyrod Taylor may be back for that game next week because he is the starting quarterback and Davis Mills is not, but We'll see. I mean, either way, the Rams are way better than this team. They were way better than the Lions, too. And that one came down to the wire. So feels like you can never really count out anybody in this league. In terms of this game, that's pretty much going to do it. I mean, they were not good. They were not crisp. But at the end of the day, they're a talented football team who won a football game. They found a way to win. And at the end of the day, we know that when you're a talented team, you sometimes have to win ugly. The Rams did that today or I guess yesterday when you're listening to this podcast. Not the best performance. We're not going to really talk about this one in high esteem, I don't think. But they won. They're 6-1. and one. They got the Houston Texans next up on the schedule. Make sure to tune back in here at the Locked on Rams podcast as your first daily listen throughout the rest of this week. We're going to deep dive into the numbers tomorrow. Hopefully get my man Brad Motter back. Fingers crossed. Hopefully his internet is up and running. I definitely want to hear some of his thoughts on this game as well as next week against the Texans. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Lockdown Rams, and on YouTube at Lockdown Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episode content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.